So I'm talking to uh, Andrew Chancellor, who is a single-handed neurologist in Taranga in the beautiful setting of the Bay of Plenty in North Island, New Zealand. And uh, in this issue of Practical Neurology, he's described the tale of a neurological disorder caused by poisonous honey. So, Andrew, would you like to tell us a bit about the background of this story, please? Thank you, Phil. Uh, it's a pleasure to share this with other neurologists via a podcast. The case I describe is unique in the neurological literature, if somewhat parochial, and started a journey of discovery related to multiple disciplines. Since the earliest days of apiculture, occasional outbreaks of seasonal honey poisoning have occurred in Northland and the Bay of Plenty, New Zealand. My fascination with this story began when I met an amateur apiarist, about 50 years old, who had suffered an acute illness with gastrointestinal upset and rapidly thereafter a delirium and a major seizure en route to hospital. Initially no one knew what had caused his illness but two months later about 30 people became sick some of whom also had seizures after eating his product which was ironically labelled a taste of pure Wangamata honey. This had been sold locally. A particularly perspicacious nurse at Thames Hospital, who was aware of the poison in honey history in our region, made the connection with his hobby and subsequently a public health inquiry ensued and this resulted in a conviction of my patient under the Food Safety Authority for selling a product that was a danger to public health. So, so how, how did it come about that the honey was poisonous? Therein lies a very interesting tale, Phil. Late harvests of honey, especially in long hot summers, have resulted in these episodic outbreaks of poisoning since the first days of apiculture in New Zealand. But it took until 1945 for a government apiarist to realise that a little lacy-winged insect imported from Australia, known as Scolipopa australis, and also the passion fruit vine hopper, aptly named, was feeding on a poisonous New Zealand native plant known as Coriara arborea, or shortened to Tutu, the Maori name. Uh, this plant is widespread in New Zealand, but the insect is confined to northern parts. So this imported insect extracts the poison from the leaves of the Tutun and uh, excretes a sticky honeydew onto the leaves which fails to wash away in dry summers. The honeybee, without access to their usual food source such as clover or especially manuka, the source of the much prized New Zealand honey, collect this sticky excretion from the tutu leaves and so having passed through one insect the toxin is then transferred to the hive and incorporated into the honey. So the, the, the bees themselves are not harmed, but uh, clearly humans are potentially harmed. Yes, that's correct. One other important part of this tale is the pharmacology of the toxins and how they're thought to cause delirium and seizures. The extractions from the tutu plant are known as tutin and hyenanshin, and they're chemically related to the well-known plant toxin picrotoxin, also an alkaloid, hence the bittersweet nature of this story. 
These can now be measured in honey samples. Purified toxin tested in the pharmacology department at Otago University Dunedin using rat brain slices suggests it affects the normal inhibitory property of the chloride ionophore of GABA-A receptors, hence leading to neuronal excitability. This, this is the problem of a long dry summer, you say, when, the, when there are a few other uh, plants to feed on, and this is exactly the sort of summer that uh, you're having in New Zealand at the moment. As you well know, Phil, having spent the 2012-13 summer here, we've had one out of the box. So dry, in fact, that the whole of the North Island has been declared a drought, and this is still not broken. And this, this is the precise conditions which make the bees forage for other food sources. Hence the warnings as recently as this week in the local press, urging beekeepers to test honey for Teuton toxins. It was recognised long before the toxicology was worked out that the culprit honey is from the late harvest. This hazard has repercussions for the multi-million dollar apiculture industry in NZ. Established beekeepers are well aware of this problem and know to keep their hives away from the tutu plant, but the last outbreak in Wangamata led to new food safety standards for beekeepers and there are now more or less obligatory testing required for tutin and honey with a maximum level of two milligrams per kilogram and rather less than that in comb honey which is uh, a higher risk product. So still, still a possibility despite the uh, new regulation and that, that maybe New Zealand honey this year might be uh, dangerous? Well you need not fear because the new regulations mean exporters of honey have testing in accredited laboratories and you can be reassured that buying New Zealand honey in Tesco's or anywhere in the world is safe. This incident was because the operator was unaware of the regulations that were in existence at that time. I should stress that these outbreaks are very, very occasional and we're talking about maybe a score of outbreaks in the last century and uh, with a very low mortality. So uh, you've entitled your piece A Parochial Tale. Is this something that has implications outside New Zealand? There was an outbreak of honey poisoning amongst boys in a UK boarding school in 1923 when fed tinned exports from this region. And on the other hand, I'm not sure what poisoned my boarding school food. Uh, as I included in the paper, the 10,000 mainly Greeks retreating from the Persian Empire in 400 BC were fed honey derived from rhododendron plants and there was allegedly an outbreak of such poisoning. And there are other examples around the world, so theoretically this could occur in other parts of the world, but the particular botanical and entomological circumstances uh, in this region of New Zealand make us infamous in the plant toxin interest community. So any messages or any lessons for uh, neurologists elsewhere in the world then? And uh, you know, perhaps the, the, the lesson from the honey might apply to to other foodstuffs and uh, recognizing toxicity in patients presented sometimes with, with acute seizures and confusion? There are lessons, as always. One might regard a GP referral saying an individual has self-poisoned with a fair degree of skepticism, but this case opened up a saga of history, epidemiology, entomology, apiculture, 
toxicology, economics and law, all of which I had very little concept. It certainly pays to keep an open mind about the causes of illnesses. I should add we owe a debt to the observations of the pioneering apiculturalists and agricultural officials who did the experiments to show that the passion fruit fine hopper excretions were poisonous. Perhaps we underestimate biohazards as the basis of seizures, but most alleged poisonings are much less well worked out, or worse, imagined. Okay, well, uh, thank you very much indeed for sharing that story and for publishing it in Practical Neurology. Uh thank you again, Phil, for taking an interest in this subject, and uh, we do hope you visit the New Zealand neurological scene again. We very much enjoyed your visit.